Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Dave. And we're the hosts of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, where we bring you stories that delve into the science and spirit behind intriguing people doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. Episode number 26. Today we have the gratitude guru, John Folion. Now, John Foley is a former uh, Blue Angel pilot with the American Navy, uh, but since has parlayed that and everything that he learned in life in order to be excellent at his craft, to being uh, excellent at the craft of, of, of propelling others to do incredible things in, in, in life and in love and in sport and just being excellent all around. I think that John is... Well, he could be a professional conversationalist, and uh, everything that I've read and, and listened to him, uh, I'm just really stoked to uh, have this conversation. Welcome to the John. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Dave. Thank you, and Joe. I'm glad to be here, and I think you'll find out that means a lot more than just a phrase. But thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to dig into that very soon, John. Um, uh, you know, my favorite part of starting this off is a little bit of, you know one of the parts of life I find so intriguing is if we go back in time and can even get our mindset about what did we accomplish? We wouldn't have believed it if I had written it down, right? You know, what would a John Foley believe when he was a kid or in high school about what was possible? So we need to hear a little bit of that early story. You know, it's an amazing accomplishment to become a blue angel pilot. Any one of us have seen, the incredible mastery that that requires, exclusivity at the highest level. Mm-hmm. But, but what, tell us a little bit about the journey to get to that. Then after that, we'll go into the gratitude, but we would love to hear a bit of the John Foley early story. Oh, absolutely. You know, I can remember the day succinctly in my, uh, my mind right now. I was 12 years old. My dad was an army officer and an engineer. I uh, love my dad. I was born in Germany, uh, moved a lot every three years, some other place, a lot on the East Coast in the U.S. And we happened to be living at that point in Newport, Rhode Island. And my dad says, hey, there's this air show. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go. And I remember standing there and you could feel, I mean, I, I not only see the jets, but you could feel it, the smoke oil in the air. You could smell it, the, the, the thunder of the jets. And I, 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 I turned to my dad that day and I just said, dad, I'm going to do that. And that was a 12-year-old kid. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, what's beautiful about that is I wasn't afraid because I didn't know how hard it was going to be. You know, it wasn't about, oh, I need to know the path. No, it was just a dream. But I think what was critical was it was not just in my head. It was in my heart. See, I felt it in my heart that day. Uh, And then comes the connect the heart to the head. And it took 18 years of uh, tons of obstacles, lots of disappointments uh, before that eventually came to be. But it was it was that day that that seed got planted. Now I'm curious, what what did your father tell you when when you turned to him and said, "Though that that's what I'm going to do." What did what yeah, did you, you say know, right away? I don't remember the exact words, but I remember the feeling was absolutely, champ. You can do that. You know. Yeah. Now was that his words? I don't know. He he, uh, he called me champ, and he was always supportive. And so was my mom. I came from a great supportive family. Uh, So there was no doubt that it was possible. Uh, It's just a matter of, okay, how do we connect the dots? What's plan A? And I ended up taking about plan B, plan C. I got rejected a ton of times, but eventually uh, it happened. John, we got to dig in on this point a little bit. This is becoming a theme now. And I don't think people understand how big it is to support someone's dream. Like your father didn't have to give you a single thing, right? All you needed was his sort of go for it, kid. And think about the power that each of us have in doing that for someone. We don't realize that that enablement is the difference maker, right? If he had said, bad idea, you can't do that, it's over, right? I mean, you might still go, but... but Let's talk for a second about that. I'm sure you've seen that happen again and again. And, and tell our listeners about that power they have with other people in their lives. Yeah, beautiful. Um, uh, two points hit my head right away. First off, that wasn't uh, uh, just a 
a moment for my dad. That was the way he always was. The same thing mm -hmm. with my family, you know? So I can't remember a time where that wasn't the ethos mm -hmm. that you can do anything. Um, and by the way, we've got your back, you know, yeah. home was, was a safe place. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go out and experiment, now you have to live within the rules. You know, my dad was very clear on values and morality and, um, you know, do it the right way, but go do it, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, if, if you got always got a safe place. And what I realized was that that was true about school, about sports, you know, it just didn't matter. I mean, I wanted to play you know, football, all of a sudden I fell in love with football, a kid, right? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll play pro football. Well, eventually, you know, my size and it says, you know, that's probably not the, uh, your future career, but I made it to division one in uh, the U.S., which, you know, is right below that. And, um, and even that was like, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. So I think that that's critical that you have that support. And if you don't get it from your family, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of us don't have those families that necessarily are that supportive, you know, find it somewhere else. Now, having said that, um, I also distinctly remember my uh, ninth grade no, what is, let me think about this. Uh, I was high school and uh, 11th grade or 12th grade, my calculus teacher, I, was, I can't remember now, I think it's advanced calculus. And uh, yeah, I was 12th grade. And so uh, in high school, and he uh, really a smart guy, really respected him, taught me a lot. And one day after class, he just asked me, he goes, hey, John, what, what college are you going to go to? And uh, I said, well, I'm going to go to the Naval Academy. And I'll never forget his answer because it was the exact opposite of what we're talking about. He looks at me and he goes, wait a minute why do you want to go to a big school like that? You're just going to be average at a big school. Why don't you go to a little school and be the best? And I think that he really thought that he was trying to help me. I'm sure of that. But I remember that when he said that, I, I didn't look at him and argue, but right in my head, I, I said to myself, I said, no, you're wrong. I'll go to the a big school and be the best. I'm not going to limit um, my life based on, on yours. And, uh, anyhow, um, it was fine though, you know, so it is important that, uh, we do realize the power of our suggestions that we can impact people. Right. Well, and I think, I think to that point as well too, you know, it's, it's having moments with your father and I'm sure there are many others, uh, within your life that taught you those, those learned skills of, of self-belief, uh, having other people believe in you. And I mean, I think we're all, you know, really in our hearts, still a five-year-old child at the side of a, a swimming pool about to dive in, staring at mom and dad saying, hey, watch this, you know, <laughs> applaud this. And we're always those people. But, you know, having those moments early on in life allows us to be strong enough, even at younger ages, 14, 16, 18 years old, to combat a lot of those negative images and, and, and issues. And, and if, if we didn't have that earlier on, you know, where would we be, right? Who would we really be listening to and where would we where would we go outside of your father? Um, many others uh, you know, giving you strong influence young, when you were younger? Yeah, you know, um, I think the, the family, of course, number one, because you're around them. You know, even my sister, you know, even though we fought a lot, she was two years older, you know, typical teenagers, uh, she still was my biggest fan, right? So she'd, she'd wear, she'd get buttons with, you know, your picture on them wearing the games. So there was always that support. Um, and then, you know, I think it's your teammates too. And I think about your peers, not just older people, right? Um, but uh, I had friends and teammates, we supported each other. We didn't try to tear each other down, you know? And, uh, and I think that's important too. When someone has a dream, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, you can't do that, you're a jerk. No, it's just the opposite. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know? Um, so again, it's who you surround yourself with. And when there's ones that aren't, you know, I, I, I just, um, I have this nice little shield I can pull up, you know, it's an invisible armor and it's like, okay, you know, uh, that's your perspective, but I'm not gonna buy in to your perspective. So I think you're right. And I only think about you all running ultra marathons, you know, that would scare the crap out of me. So what is the self-belief that you have to have, you know, that, that allows you to do that? Well, yeah. And I, I, I you know, to answer that question, John, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, you know, when you're running, you know, like this next year, I'm going to run across the country and country of Canada, sorry, in record time. And, and, you know, that gives you a lot of opportunity for self-doubt. Um, there are many, many times during many days, weeks, months, that you're not going to want to be there or you're going to start doubting yourself. And, and I think the number one thing to do is to lean upon a community 
and to you know to to those around you that, that truly do believe in you when you start having that self-doubt because it does it does create a community and that might be either social media might be calling a friend uh, for me it's calling my mother and father just like yourself john um i think that having a, a, a really strong support group around you um allows you to lift yourself up when even you yourself are tearing yourself down beautiful yeah i think john it's also we talked about this a little bit on on your podcast that there's this acceptance of the lows as part of the journey and maybe even the purpose of the journey is to find them and to find the way through them right not away from them and that then defines who we are and gives us the power to not only do it for ourselves but then to give that power to others which i think you know as you set out yeah i mean i love a 12 year old vision but there's a lot that's got to come after that right and you are going to go on your own hero's journey and we don't even have to like yeah, you can see the blue angels and not have to contemplate it, but at some point you have to put something in place, right? You have to build on that. And I think that that's part of whether it's ultramarathoning or anything in life. We don't have to have it all figured out in the beginning, but we have to, I think, accept the, the struggle because that's really what makes it happen, right? I mean, that, I imagine there was some struggle in becoming a blue angels pilot, right? That wasn't certain. Oh yeah, it was it was a ton. But what as you're speaking, Joe, it reminded me of uh, a good friend of mine. His name was Lou Tice, uh, and uh, he used to say that what you want to be able to do is when you set your goal or your vision or your dream, you have to be able to see yourself getting there. You know, uh, and then yes, make step goals, right? But if you make the dream so big that you personally can't even see yourself you're not going to obtain it. And I think that's really critical because then I, I had the step goal plan, right? And uh, the step goal plan was first, I got to get into, you know, a college and, and I, I got to get into the military in the U.S. It's the Navy and, and try the academies first. But I had plan B because they rejected me the first time I applied. They said I was not physically qualified, which really surprised me. Um, had this medical issue. And, and I'm thinking, that's crazy. So, you know, now I go through Colorado and uh, went a year there and turned out to be fun. I said, you know, it's going to take me a year to go through this medical waiver process, go have fun, play football, do something else. Right. And I did. And then, um, got the medical waiver, got back in the Academy. Um, didn't get the best jet getting out of the Academy. Uh, my grades were about average. I wasn't the smartest guy. So maybe that math teacher knew something now I think about it. Right. <laughs> but, um, anyhow, he, uh, he basically, uh, you know, I worked my way up. All I want ever is just give me the chance. I remember turning to my coach cause I had to walk on at Colorado and after they ran me for three days and just trying to make you drop, you know, the other walk-ons, um, I just walked up to him at the end because there's no guarantee that they were going to, uh, you know, let me continue. And I said, coach, just give me the pads. That was the quote. I, give me the pads because I may be small, but put some pads on me and you'll see what happens. And, and they did and, and it worked, right? So, you know, tons of obstacles, uh, tons of rejection, uh, but always a step goal plan. And when it didn't happen, I went to plan B, but never, it just changed the route to the destination. It didn't change the destination. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, so you get through Navy or pilot, now you're gonna go do the Blue Angels thing, uh, you know, We've watched it, seen pictures. I don't know, just give us like a, a minute or two on, you know, what is it like to fly one of those planes and be like three inches from another plane flying at 700 miles an hour, whatever ridiculous things you guys are doing. I don't even, there are lots of things we can all contemplate. Yeah. That one doesn't even compute. Well, okay, so it's it's actually 18 inches, not three, but they still will blow your <laughs> way, right? Oh, um, that's so, but, easy. You know, here's, here's a fun one for your listeners. When you're flying 18 inches from another jet, by the way, it's a human being, not just the jet, um, you can actually see the cracks in the paint of the airplane next to you. And you're going 500 miles per hour, right? Uh, so, or kilometers for you guys, right? The idea here, though, is you better know who's in that cockpit. 
and you better know what how they're going to react not when things are going well but under turbulence like you know look at the world right now right so that's what i want to know i want to know my teammate i also want to know myself by the way how are you going to react under turbulence but also how's your teammate going to react uh, but just give me an example uh, the formation flying uh, that's one thing that was you know you kind of just hang in there but um the i was the elite solo and opposing solo to blue angels and we were the maximum performance demonstrator so we're the two crazy guys that that root, root, root around and and we come at each other at a thousand miles per hour closer we cross within a wingspan and i'll just give you an idea of how that works you're basically doing a rate a, a closure of a mile of of a mile every, let me get started, two football fields every second, okay? So a mile every nine seconds, basically. And so when you're traveling at that speed and you're looking out there, we're six miles apart, all right? And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, 10 seconds later, you're two miles apart or, or four miles apart, two miles. And then all of a sudden you see a dot, the airplane's this dot. This dot's getting bigger at the rate, of, you know, like I said, a mile every four and a half seconds, right? All of a sudden you start to come in and you say, you know, contact, contact, you know, smoke on, ready, hit it, boom. And, and that you don't move your jet until the lead solo pilot says, ready, hit it, full stick deflection. You go by so close that the airflow of the can, you know, thumps the jet from going over your canopy, all right? And then you got to roll out and you say, Gucci's clear, thumper's clear, bam, seven and a half G, full stick deflection, pull straight up into the vertical. I mean, that was just 27 seconds of what it was like to be in the jet. I'm, so when I think I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, and so so John, when you're when you tell me about that, like it reminds me of, I remember hearing years ago, and I forget the guy's name again, but he 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 ended up jumping out of a of a, of a plane without a parachute, and he ended up um, constructing his own crash mat, which was very small. I think it was you know uh, twenty feet by twenty feet, wow. but he didn't have but he didn't have a, a, a parachute, and I remember I was listening to the, him about his. Um, you know, because he was he was on the he was on he, he was in the ear of uh, Michael Gervais, a, a really great sports psychologist. And and as he dove out, you know, the entire conversation that that, that Michael Gervais had with him was really just about being in the moment and complete self awareness. But then even more more important than than that was self belief in oneself. So you know, John, as you tell me the story, you know. What I'm thinking to myself is I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's believed in oneself more so than you. Would, would you would you agree? Do you, do you self-belief? Is that a is that a major, major play in, in your life? Well, I, I sure wouldn't make the statement that um that there's not anybody, you know, more than me. For sure, there's all the people are. But what I would say is that I have a very strong faith, you know, self-belief. And then it goes to faith. Right. And uh, uh, but the bottom line is. Uh, you know, why is that? I think a couple of things. One is like, so when I do a test hop off the carriers, you know, so I used to fly jets off carriers before becoming a Blue Angel instructor pilot, all that. Sometimes you got to do a, a test top and, you know, you're going to be shutting engines down airborne and kind of hope they relight, you know, but you always have a backup plan. So the bottom line was your training's good. So number one, you know, you know this in, in, in your field, you know, get good training. Okay, competency matters, all right? So I'm not out there winging it, and it's easy to kill yourself. You know, I think if, if this idea of, oh, I believe in myself, and I'm just going to go jump out of an airplane, well, you better have a plan, right? And you better have figured this thing out, right? So th the same with, with this. But I, I would say that where the beliefs come in is, um, yeah, you got to have, you know, it builds on itself too, right? With every accomplishment, you go, okay, I did that. Well, we can do another thing, and we can do another thing. Uh, but I will say this is that, while the training's got to be good and your competency, at some point, you just got to believe in yourself. And I remember launching off those carriers and, and, and you know, if, if things go wrong, like you lose an engine off the catapult, you just got a few seconds to survive, you know, mercy jettison, do the things you need to do. But um, I would go over that in my mind and then I'd just calm my mind down and say, hey, no big deal. You know, let's, let's focus on what's going to happen. And I always had one thought is like, if I'm in a dog fight and, you know, I, I depart the airplane or something and I'll go through the recovery procedures. And if they don't work, guess what? I'll figure it out. I always had the belief that, you know, I'll figure it out. So um, I guess to end the comment is, though, it's easy to kill yourself. All right. All right. Don't be <laughs> stupid. All right. Uh, that's that's easy. What's hard is being on that edge, being on the actual edge. And uh, and I, what I've learned on that is you can't stay on the edge. OK. You can get there, but you better back off because um, 
if you don't, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, there's a book, I don't know, John, if you know it, called Deep Survival. And it is a book about experts who sort of died doing the things they were great at. Mm. Because they sort of lost track of that moment. Yeah. And they started getting into this assumption of my ability over the consciousness required in the moment all the time. Yeah. And while it might feel like the zone, you're still awfully conscious of it, but that turning that off is not, that's when, yeah, you know, think bad things happen. And so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the piece that is intriguing, right, is that the velocity and the significance of what you have in that machinery, in that airplane, in the training that you haven't really talked about, which is immense, uh, and the trust in the other pilot is, it's just a good example of sort of systems living, right? I mean, it's all the systems mm. coming together. And, you know, when we design them well, they usually work well. And you guys spent a lot of time in that, but it's still, it's got to be an amazing experience uh, to do that. So one of the things I've always sort of been curious about is when you live in that life, and there are other ones, you know, whether it's, Davey sets a world record doing something or John's flying this or someone else of big notoriety. And then you don't do it anymore. Like, how's the transition? Like, how was that for you getting out of that plane that last time knowing, you know, I'm not a, I'm always a blue angel, but I'm not flying the planes anymore. Like you have to replace that feeling somehow. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So for me, it was actually easy from the blues because uh, while I was leaving the Blue Angels, I was going back to the Navy, the real okay. Navy, the, the flying jets on aircraft carriers. And let me tell you, that gets your hair standing up yeah. too, at least <laughs> when I used to used to have some, right? But um, yeah, so that part was easy. But I, 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 the essence of your question is very clear. And that is, you know, when I left that, so when I was no going to fly anymore, and this happens to athletes all the time and many yeah. of us, right? So the, the, what was questioned is, I, I think it's very simple. You just have to reinvent yourself. And I'm mm -hmm. reinventing myself all the time. Uh, so from flying after being the Blue Angels and being a leadership role on aircraft carriers and flying the movie Top Gun and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to reinvent myself. I, I didn't need to fly anymore. I haven't flown in 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as a pilot, right? Fly all the time in the back uh, because it's kind of like, all right, that's, that's checking the box is done. Yeah. What, what else is out there? And for me, uh, it actually was schooling because uh, I, I had this beautiful idea to, to become an entrepreneur like yourself, Joe. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I didn't know how to do it. So I needed a bridge and the bridge happened to be schooling and uh, went back and uh, got my master's degrees at Stanford University, got like three of them. And, uh, and then I worked in venture capital. And so I'm sitting there and uh, school gave me a break. I love, I'll tell you, I recommend that for anybody. I mean, I love being in my late thirties and being back at college. I was like, yeah, this is great. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but the idea was after that was, you know, reinvent myself and, and it didn't always go well. So I initially jumped into the VC world back in Silicon Valley, right around 2000 and, you know, 99, 2000. And it was going crazy then, as you know, and what yep. happened? The bubble, right? The, the burst, right? And, uh, uh, and I'm sitting here going, wow, you know, I sure never saw that coming. I, I didn't understand the market that well and, or the technologies. And I realized I was in the wrong game. You know, what I really was is not a good investor. I was actually a, a better entrepreneur, at least that was my heart, right? So that was another reinvention. I said, well, okay, why don't we try something? So I uh, tried to start a company called Centerpoint Entertainment. We were going to be the uh, the NASCAR of aviation. So what NASCAR has done with stock aeration, I was rolling up the uh, air show business and performers and TV. And I, pull, I was going to pull this together. I was actually in New York uh, closing an equity deal with ESPN. We were going to launch the series. And it was a day that became very uh, famous and infamous, and that was 9-11 back in the US 2001. Uh, so when the jets hit that tower, I was in Manhattan and uh, I saw it happen, right? And uh, I actually ran to the towers, not away. That's just my natural training. Uh, but that business went away that day, blew up, okay? Seriously, uh, it, it impacted a lot more people than me, but that wasn't gonna happen. And so uh, then I said, well, now what am I gonna do? And it took me about a year. Uh, but not only did that, that business blow up and I was, I think, 347000 in debt because all my own money. I didn't take any other 
people's money yet. And, uh, and then I was like, okay, well, um, and then my relationship blew up. The person I thought I was going to marry dumped me. So now I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. Uh, and it took about a year to, to get over that. The relationship was harder than the money thing, honestly. Uh, and then I, I was at an event one day and it was about personal growth because like you all, I'm always trying to grow and learn. Uh, and a light bulb went off that day, you know, high performance teams, how to turn them into business results. I, I think I can, I can do that. I can help people. And uh, that's been the journey of the last two decades. And now that's how I started the company I'm doing now. So it's a journey. It's exciting. Just reinvent yourself. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. So, so let's find our way to this gratitude guru thing. Okay. So it's hard to have a lot of gratitude when you show up on 9-11 with a big idea and feel good about that one. So I'm sure it took a little while, but so I'm sure that you were always sort of happy with, you know, or feeling good about what was going on in your life. But take us through to sort of where that became really obvious to you that, that gratitude is indeed a difference maker in people's lives. This, this theme that you have glad to be here and, and just take us down. It'd be fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I think you mentioned a, a key point is, to me, glad to be here is not a saying that it's about appreciation and gratitude. Absolutely. But when it means the most is when you're actually in challenging times, when mm -hmm. things are hard. Okay. Um, you know, as your, your story, Joe, you know, running those six continents and six marathons and, you know, uh, was it the Eagle song, peaceful, easy feeling, you know, uh, it, that's kind of the feeling. It's like, you know, when you're challenged, uh, that's when really it's, it's the most important to reach deep down and say, wait a minute, what am I grateful for? You know, um, I'm at least out there. My foot may be broken. I may be, you know, uh, really in pain, but I'm fortunate to have this opportunity, right? And I think that's really critical for all our listeners right now because, you know, yes, this is a challenging time. Uh, but I also see it's a time of opportunity. You know, people are reinventing themselves. Yeah. I know my business, I had to completely reinvent it. And, uh, you know, now we're positioned really well for, for when this comes back. But the idea of, of embracing the challenges, right? Uh, so what does glad to be here mean? Well, glad to be here actually was a saying we had on the Blue Angels when I was uh, on the team. We used to end our comments. We do this thing called the glad to be here debrief. In fact, um, I got a book around here somewhere uh, about that. Oh, yeah, it's right here. And, uh, and what it is, is uh, it's a, you know, the glad to be here debrief, right? And what it is, it's, it's a tool to uh, really for continuous learning, for continuous improvement, a very powerful tool. We all know about after action reviews and win-loss reviews, but this is different because what it does is it brings in gratitude and appreciation mm -hmm. into it. And so you not only have the operational excellence piece, but you have this gratitude piece. And uh, so when I was exposed to that as just an idea, um, it meant, and when, it, when I was on the Blues, it just meant you were grateful to be on that team because there's a lot of people that wanted to be there and the selection process was tough. And, and we just reminded ourselves, the, you know, be grateful, right? But now it's, it's changed. I've taken it well beyond that because I realize it's not just about being grateful to be on a team. Wait a minute. This is an ethos. This is a way of life. Okay, uh, this is how you can actually create a life that's coming from you, not at you, right? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, so to me, glad to be here is really a lifestyle. Glad to be here is a mindset. And I use it in all different aspects of my life. I wake up, I do my morning ritual, which is a glad to be here wake up. What am I grateful for? Um, I'm constantly using gratitude because I know it rewires my brain, but I'm also uh, putting in the, the operational excellence piece behind it. And I think that's the key. Uh, so glad to be here is really, um, uh, it's a movement, right? And I want to inspire over a billion people to, uh, to live a life full of, of all their fullness like you yeah. want to do joe yeah and I, I i i love i love i absolutely adore that john and you know i don't think that there's any one in time in our lives really anybody right now that the the teachings of gratitude and really just glad to be here is is more important than now i mean even up, up here in canada we're in a lockdown um i know of countless businesses that are being lost yeah. I know of um, people that are very, very ill um, and are really concerned or, and or concerned about their health. We're entering into a Christmas season where um, our government has is, is just said, you're not allowed to go see your brothers and sisters, your mother, your father, your aging grandparents. You, you are not allowed 
to. You're, you're, you're stuck at home. And so, you know, those people that are in the worst of the worst situations uh, where, you know, one thing kind of snowballs into the next, into the next health, relationship, business, finance, all those things. What would you tell them right now in this moment of where they feel that they're, they're caught in an avalanche and they're 10 feet under? What, what, would you, what would you tell them right now? Well, the same thing that I told myself when I was in those things is, first off, just breathe. You know, take a deep breath. Um, uh, I, and, and this is may, may be hard, but I believe this is everything will be okay. It's going to work out. It may not be, feel that way right now. And I get it, right? And I think the most important thing uh, is to have compassion for people who are deeply struggling. And it's easy for me to say it right now, but it's really hard if you're the one that has the health issue and can't go out and can't see, you know, so I get that, right? So the number one thing is have compassion for others. Uh, and when you have compassion for others, you watch, you'll start to see that that compassion for yourself kicks in, right? So even in the, in the moments where we're struggling the most, uh, it's probably the most important time to try to help someone else, right? And, and that's hard. Uh, so again, it, it will work out. I know in every aspect of my life, every challenge always turned out better. Now, there was a valley before that, and you may be in that valley right now, uh, and you may not be at the bottom yet, you know? I mean, who knows? But uh, I, I know in my, my own life that um, it always, you learn something from it. You can always find a blessing uh, in, in every challenge and um, easy to say, hard to do. So just hang in there. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's fantastic advice. You know, uh, I don't know if any of us have a perfect answer, but, but our experience does inform some of our behaviors. And, and one of them, you know, is don't immerse ourselves too much in the negativity that's going on around, you know, there's a lot of positive that's going on. And, and if we can, be supportive of the positive, not to be Pollyannish at all, but to just say that, you know, huh, we, we advanced technology in vaccine development this year faster than ever before, you know, driven. And if we look back in history, you know, it is this kind of urgent need that has developed everything that we have sort of had as advances in our lives. And we don't sort of remember that they went either quicker or better because of that, whether it's the microchip in a computer or, you know, something to help you fly your plane. All of those advances came from need. That's why we went and did them. And we put smart people, empower them, and great things can happen. So, so focusing on that is, I think, really important. I like this point you made before, John, which is coming from you. Back to almost connecting back to your father's story and early on and the impact we have. You know, everything can come from us. And then that does sort of continue this positivity piece. And, you know, if you put the behavior in your life like you do, you wake up with gratitude. I think I was watching one of your talks, maybe it was the TED Talk, where you said it's sort of hard to be upset when you start off thinking good thoughts or it turns you sort of happy. Happiness is intrinsic. It's there waiting for us to, to use. And... But that's a, that's a behavioral change that we have to make. We don't wake up and say, oh, my God, my day is going to be tough. We wake up and say, wow, here are the great things I got going for me. Yeah. And now where, do, where does that take us, right? Think about the direction one takes versus the other, right? I mean, you practice this. Isn't that how you do it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I love that, that Joe. And it, it is important that what we put into our minds, you know, we become, right? Same thing with our food, right? What we eat, we become. So I think it's very important to just be aware. And I love the word you use, awareness first, is um, am I aware that I'm on a downward spiral right now, that I'm thinking some negative thoughts? And, um, you know, I think them too. And, and then, but I try to catch myself, right? And, and when I catch myself, I go, hmm, Maybe there's another way to look at this. Maybe, you know, exchange yourself for others, something like that. And what I've learned is that every challenge and every problem, every person that agitates you, they're really a blessing, right? It's kind of like this wish-giving jewel because it allows us to work on our, what we need work on. Maybe it's patience, right? Uh, and, uh, and I love the idea that, um, you know, it's, it's how we see the world. And what happens is, this is really critical, is 
if you continually look at the world from a grateful state, state of a point of view, rather, um, it will change the way it, it, it looks to you. So yeah. the outer world actually changes in front of your own very eyes. Uh, and, and that's what's cool. And it also changes the way people perceive you. And, and it, 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 it's beautiful. So it does start on the inside. It starts right with you. No, absolutely. I love that. I, I think as well, too, John, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, some of those moments when you are, you know, struggling yourself to find, you know, the silver lining uh, to, 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 you know, to kind of question your environment, environments that are, that are in front of you itself. Are there people in your life that uh, will pull you aside and go, oh, John, you know, you know, let's not be the negative Nelly here or let's, uh, you know, refocus and, and, and redirect. Do you, do you have those people in your life now that will kind of catch you and call you out on your, on your own stuff? Oh yeah, but I'm going to flip it. And, uh, it's my wife in a beautiful way. Okay. Uh, it's usually the people closest to us that see it, see the real you. Right. Um, and so she actually challenges me almost the opposite way because she'll use the reality word. Oh, well that's not reality. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, sometimes we get into, you know, conversations that turn into a little bit of arguments. Right. And, uh, and, and I, I realized that instead of trying to convince her, uh, that I'm right and she's wrong because that never works. I don't know anyone else who's uh, tried something like that. Uh, I realized that just recently that um, num two things really happened. One is maybe I'm not seeing it uh, correct for, in, in its full perspective. So again, I've, I've learned to try to, to really look from her point of view or anyone's point of view that's different. Uh, what are they really saying? They may not be saying it, you know, maybe it triggers me in a way, but, but what's underneath that that actually is something I need to look at, right? And uh, so, so, so number one, I, I, I think about it. I, I remember the analogy when you point your finger at someone, there's three of them pointing back, right? Um, so I, I've tried to remember that, that, oh, wow, there's, there's something that, that I need to learn from this, right? And the other thing that helps me is, um, is, is actually these kinds of things, podcasts, listening to others, research, diving into, um, I'm constantly trying to learn and grow. And in that learning process, it allows me to um, see things in a different light. So those are the two things I do. Well, I, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't agree more, John. You know, like you know, when it comes to, you know, there, there, there is value in every perspective out there. And I, I think that, you know, the most intelligent people uh, will end up being open to all perspectives. Um, it doesn't take very, it's not very difficult to find all the perspectives that are out there on social media, just even in conversation. Everybody, everybody's kind of a bit of an expert these days. But you know what? Instead of being frustrated, just be open to maybe they might be right um, and, and, and or, or be able to gift you the opportunity to, to, to view things a little bit different, either in politics or life or lifestyle. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think, John, the piece that I'd like your comment on here, because it builds off a bit of your point there, which is so often we react to other people's commentary. Um, and what we do is we think they're doing something to us, right? You know, and really, they're not doing anything to us, that we are not understanding where they came from, right? Why, why are they saying that? It has nothing to do with John, right? That's to do with them. And so if we don't allow for it, then we're, we're in a losing argument because we're like taking it personally, but it's not about us. It's like, you know, they're just in a bad mood. And so you just happen to be there or their perspective is about their circumstance. And I often think that, you know, we tend to turn ourselves into victims so quickly. And so it's like one of my favorites as I grew up, you know, I wasn't the most popular kid, you know, high school was a, disaster you know and never got included and always you could be the victim and so over time what i realized was to change it it's like if you want to go to a party then have one <laughs> hmm. right then you don't have to worry about being invited then you can invite others and you can create it the way you want and you're no longer victimized by the other people which is what happens all too often because we think they're doing something like they didn't invite you because like what who cares like just take control so i think you've done that a lot you know which is just sort of like i, I got this i don't really 
I respect all their opinions and everything, but I don't need them for me to create the circumstance I want. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, two of them. So first off, the idea of um, be, I, I, I hear you, be, um, I'm trying to say, careful is not the right word, but uh, I don't let somebody in, unduly influence me if, if I'm not ready to be influenced, right? So there's the, there is this ability to say, yep, that's your opinion, but I'm not not going to go there. I'm still going to believe it's a grateful world. I'm still going to believe it's a magical world. And I'm still going to believe that, you know, life is beautiful. And so part of that's there uh, for, for sure. The second piece though was, and this is where I'm learning and growing is just the idea that somebody else is separate from you is really the ignorance. Okay. And so when, when somebody has the, uh, a conflicting view, it's so easy to say what we're saying. Oh, that's them. That's their idea. They're right, wrong, or maybe they're right. Doesn't matter. But even the idea that they're outside of us is right there the biggest gap, right? Um, and you'll, you'll never win that one, right? You know, and that's, you know, and when we realize that no, you know, we're just expand your own space, you know, like the three of us, right? You know, uh, are we three separate people? I, you know, maybe, you know, but maybe there's something that actually encompasses all of us. And can you expand it out beyond us to the, to the, you know, Canada and the U S how about to the whole world? Right? So the whole idea of separation is part of the problem. Right. And, uh, and that's what I try to remind myself because I'm still I'm still trained in separation. And uh, so I'm trying to retrain my brain. And the, the, uh, this interesting concept that we've been working on is this idea, we'll call it the yeses, the maybes, and the noes. And, you know, there are people who are like us who are easy to hang out with because they're already there. And then there's the maybes who have this conditional thing, you know, hey, Dave, I'll go on a run with you if it's not raining tomorrow. And then there's the no's who are just like, no, I'm not never running. I'm not going to be a vegetarian. And we often spend a lot of time on the no's trying to convince them. The idea would be, don't try and convince them. Live the behavior in the life mm. that you think is exemplary that someone might one day want to copy. Mm-hmm. And, and let them come to that conclusion themselves. Because if you do live the John Foley life or the Dave Proctor life, it becomes sort of infectious and appealing, right? And so, but if we try and just talk them into it, you know, they become resistant. They tell us all the reasons, but don't, right? The conditionals play with their conditions and let them sort of like, oh yeah, okay, we'll take the day that's not raining. Then one day you'll convince them to go in the rain. And then the maybes will see how much fun you had. And then they'll, I mean, the nose will see how much fun you had and they'll be like, in their own head, maybe I should try that. And they'll come to you one day. But if you go at them, you push them away. Yeah, and inspirational comes in. Inspiration comes in all shapes and sizes and different flavors, doesn't it? And I think that you know I'm inspired by you, Joe, all the time. And and John, I've been inspired for you by, by you for years watching your watching your stuff. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Joe. Yeah, and John, think- as you've been on stage, right? Because you know you're you're so positive, right? It's like hard not to sort of smile listening to John Foley talk. There's people sitting in that audience with their arms folded like, so I'm, I had to be here, right? <laughs> what do you yeah. do with those people? You have any techniques yourself? Well, yeah, you, you just said it. You know, it's Gandhi, right? Be the yeah. change you want to see in the world. That's it. It's that simple, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of people believe or initially they go, you know, that guy's not real. You know, he's putting on a show, you know, um, and then they realize that, holy crap, that is that's just who I am. You know, so you got to be authentic. Um, and, you know, maybe they they got to see me more than once, but they realize this is just the way I am. Right. And so I like what you said. And that is, you know, um, if you want someone, you know, it's too it's you can't say to somebody be happy. Right. Because I've tried that. It doesn't work. Right. No. It just flat doesn't work. But what I can do is be happy myself. Yep. And, and then it's just what you said is um, let them see that whatever you're doing, something's working. And then maybe they'll ask you someday, what, what's your, what are you eating? You know, what, what's your, what's your wake up routine? What are you doing? And, and that's, that's, you know, I think for every couple, every person, you know, it's great for people to go, what, what are they eating? 
what, what are they doing? You know, something like that. You know, well, yeah, yeah, that. just inspiring by being, I guess, right? And as well, too, understanding, in, in my opinion, it reminds me of this story, understanding that we have no idea what's going on in other people's lives. You know, it reminds me of that story that you're on a, on a city bus and you're in the back row and there's a guy in the front row and he's got three children and the children are running around all over the bus and they're pushing one another into one another and screaming and, and swearing. And you and I and Joe are in the back of the bus. We're all looking at one another thinking, you know, man, you in the front row, get your children in order. And we're all shaking our heads and questioning. And, and finally, you know, you, John, you stand up and say, hey, buddy, in the front row, get your children in order. And there's almost a silent applause by me and Joe. And the guy turns around and he is in tears. And he says, children, get up here, sit down, you know, stop. And he turns around and he looks at you, John. He says, I'm really sorry. Um, their mother, my wife of 15 years, passed away yesterday. I, I don't know what to do. I'm typically at work. Um, you know, I, I think they're good kids. They're, they're just acting out in this way. because, And so, you know, really our judgment doesn't help because we have no idea. Mm. And so all we can really do is be kind to one another and, and live in, 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 in a way that, that, that others would find inspiring maybe, and then maybe want to propel themselves. And so that's just living inwardly and being who we want to be outwardly, I guess. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah we, um, we have these opportunities uh, to practice this. So, John, you have a bunch of practices, I'm sure, that probably would be helpful to our listeners. You know, do you have daily practices, weekly practices? What are, what are your sort of foundation reinforcement elements in your, in your life? Yeah, yeah. I love the word foundational. Um, it, it's, it starts with every morning when I wake up, I just wake up uh, with my glad to be your wake up. I just, I've trained myself to say, what am I grateful for in that present moment? Uh, this morning was great. I actually set my alarm uh, an hour before I want to get up. And I don't always get up at 5 a.m., you know, whatever. If that works for great people, love it. Sometimes I love sleeping in, right? So my point is, whatever the time I'm going to get up, uh, an hour before that I know I really want to get up so that I can actually cuddle my wife. I, I love cuddling, you know? And so I, I sit there and I go, that's one of my secret powers is just the, the touch and the cuddle. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I do. Uh, but then as I'm trying to fall, as I'm falling back to sleep, I'm falling back to sleep by saying, what am I grateful for? You know? And, uh, and that it's a beautiful hour of sleep, by the way, whenever you get there. But then the very first thing I do is I, uh, I, I get movement going in my body. So I get out of bed, I hit the left foot forward. I always do the left Left foot forward because that's a trigger to me that says this is going to be a magical day you know so i'm telling myself it's gonna be a magical day uh, i hit my knees i do my prayers and, and while i'm praying i'm i'm stretching so i'd love to get my uh upper body and and stretching as i'm doing that um and then i go outside i live i'm in sun valley idaho so i you know canada uh it's cold out there right now it was six degrees this morning and i go out there in my bare feet and a pair of shorts i do this every morning and i go through a physical routine it takes me four Four minutes okay I set a four minute uh, stretching go you know, bowing routine physical routine uh, in the cold and uh, and I've gotten to where I know it, what six degrees feels like what 16 feels like uh, what 32 feels like these are all Fahrenheit yeah but um, the uh, I know it I can feel it in my body and it's okay right and then um, then I got a hot bath going so I come out of that I jump into a hot bath so that was just my, my morning then I read something right I read something that's gonna uh, inspire me uh, some kind of book just for 10 minutes because if I try to read more than that I got too much stuff to do right um, and then I uh, you know I start so that's just what I did today and I do that almost every single day then I do a yoga practice or some kind of exercise so uh, bottom line is I like to have about an hour and a half from when I wake up until I'm gonna do anything that's work related right um, and and so I'm growing I'm learning and, and I'm doing that uh, and then uh, the other practice I have is uh, that you know going to bed I go to bed early. I try to get to bed early. I, I love to recover. I actually love sleep, right? And, uh, and I try not to do too many of the devices before I go to bed. You know, I really try to, to shut down. I don't always, I'm sometimes checking football scores or I'm checking an uh, email, but I try not to. And, uh, and that helps me too. So that's just two of them. I got a ton of them. No, that's good. That, <laughs> it's sort of fun to know because I think that, 
you know, I wrote in my book, you know, I love this idea. There's 168 hours in the week. There's 24 hours in the day. If you can't make two hours for yourself, then you're doing something wrong. You're just making a bunch of excuses. I mean, there, there's no way you can't come up with two hours in the day. Like, just evaluate what you're using your time for and then reprioritize it. And then once you do that, wow, think of what kind of return on investment you get if you gave yourself two hours on whatever it is you want to do. Reading, running, you know, calculating, programming. I don't like make up whatever those things are. And then think about two hours a day across a year, across five years. Like what might happen if you committed yourself to that and stayed true? And the thing that we all know, I think, is that when you don't do it, you're only letting one person down. Mm -hmm. Just yourself. You know, and, and we start there. I think we find, you know, I was told a long time ago, and people argue against this, that there's three priorities in life. The first is yourself. The second is your family. And the third is your work. Because if you do not prioritize yourself, no one does. You cannot take care of anyone else if you don't take care of yourself. And while it sounds awfully selfish, it's the most giving thing you could do. Because when you're good, power, right? Power. That's what we can give to everyone else. So, yes, to all of our listeners, be selfish about your development. And it will pay dividends over time. Mm -hmm. Little patience and you get it going. So, I think you like these words, John. Trust, belief, accountability. There are many words that I think the likes of you, John Foley, know are difference makers. Pick a couple for us that really matter, words that, that cost nothing but have big impact. Yeah, the first, I mean, we've been talking about a lot. It's just gratitude, you know, so I got to go back to that. I know we've been talking a lot about it. That's mm. the, the first thing that happens Never to too me. much all the time. Uh, I actually, the word accountability comes up when I flip it to personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, just did a, a couple of trainings with some companies this morning. And, you know, we actually do that exercise. What are the words that, that are meaningful and, you know, trust and accountability, just nail them comes up. But I always like to flip it to the personal responsibility. And the other big word is ownership. For yeah. me, it's about owning the end result. So um, I don't care what it takes, just get it done, right? Get the end result. Uh, so I, th those, this hit me right off the top of my head. Well, what about you guys? How about you, Dave? Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, accountability and, and personal responsibility, especially at a time like this with, with COVID and, and, you know, individualism versus collectivism, you know, there's things that we're all going to have to give up. Um, in order to look after people who are, are more vulnerable, right? Um, but yeah, no, you know, the um, gratitude. I, I just keep going back to, to that with you, John. You know, you're absolutely right. You know, you could, you could wake up every day and you could end up um, accepting and seeing the world differently and then that shakes and shifts your entire day. Um, the idea for, for me, my craft through ultramarathoning is, is just make it normal and simple. You know, if I were to tell you, hey, I'm going to run 100 kilometers a day for over two months in a row, um, you know, that seems rather impossible. But but just make it that this is a joy that, that when you're out running on the highway every day, you have the pleasure and privilege to do this and to you know accept this in your life for what it is in, in that in that moment and, and be aware and be open to to um, beautiful experiences that as they may as they may come or they may not. You know, there could be a terrible uh, rainstorm coming or there could be um, something something joyful uh, what do you think Joe what are what are some of the keywords that, that stand out for you in your life I will I will comment I just want to say Kimberly my younger daughter she always told me dad you got to learn to love the rain you know uh, because we we are we like oh I can't go out because it's raining she's just like oh just learn to love the rain you know that's that mindset shift you know I always think that there's uh when I was talking to John I said you know there's this covenant is an agreement between people. And I think that the people are you, you and yourself. So have a covenant with yourself, make this commitment to whatever it is you're going to do and hold true to it. And I, I don't know. I like having the debate because there is these, the angel and the devil on our shoulders. And I do these push-ups every night 
and almost every night you're like, oh, well, you did them last night. You don't have to do it now. Or you're a little bit tired or you can get to bed sooner. And you're like, those are the best excuses you have. Like, really? Go do it, you dope. Just stop, stop that stuff, that monkey brain. Uh, patience is really important for long-term life success. It doesn't always happen at the pace we want. But if you hang in there, we got a long time to live. I mean, even when someone might, you know, Dave's got another 55 years to go. Like, you can get a lot done in 55 years if you have that time horizon rather than the next two weeks. Have patience. You know, uh, we're all uh, over the top on gratitude, but you probably could never be, you know. Uh, and so I think that the one that sort of fun is I love the word grit. Mm. I think it's this, you know, described by many different people, but it's like this, you know, perseverance over time because it does get messy and yeah a little few things happen and yeah dave's foot's gonna hurt when he runs 100 kilometers a day for two months and john's gonna get banged around in his navy jet and you know whatever it is right that's that's just comes along with the journey and so uh yeah i you know what's so fun for this john having you on is you know for me at least when we started on the journey of doing this podcast we came up with this idea so the science and spirit behind ordinary people doing extraordinary things Love it. you know and we only define ordinary sort of as the the prior to the uncovering of the power that's in us we're all extraordinary the question is do you unveil that in your life is that your choice are you going to do that or not because it's really up to us you know i write this blog you know this past week i wrote about no permission required we don't need permission to sort of unveil this extraordinary individual inside every one of us that we may never find out what our true potential is, but that is, you know, what you embody and why we love the idea of having you on. And, uh, and so before we get to our final question, I was just sort of like thinking what, what do you know, from all your speaking, public speaking, your writing, your thinking, what would you like to tell our listeners? You know, I know you've said some of it, but what else would you like to have them walk away with from this practical thoughts? Yeah, it's beautiful. I think of a mantra that I've been um, saying to myself a lot lately, and that is to give, learn, and grow. And uh, I had switched it before. I had had um, learn, grow, give. And then what I realized was that actually giving is the start of everything. Right. And uh, so I'm constantly trying to say, how can I give to somebody? Like, that's why this show is a blessing. Right. We're giving to others freely. Right. Um, and then we're learning. We're all learning. I learned a ton today. I hope other people did, too. Uh, and hopefully that I'm growing as a as a person and as a as someone that can make a difference in someone's lives. So um, that's yeah. what I would leave you with. Beautiful. Beautiful. Dave, you want to give the last question then? Yeah, no, I mean, and, and this is what I've been waiting for the entire hour, uh, because, you know, I, I love transition in life. And, you know, when you start off as a Blue Angel pilot, um, and then you transition here and you transition there and, and knowing where you are now by, by kind of giving your wisdom and your insight um, into other people's lives, and especially at a time like this, because you know there is a global struggle that's happening, and and you know there are people that 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 can endure. And John, you're one of those people. You know what's next for John Foley? What's 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 what are you doing, Jason? Tomorrow, what's what's next for you? Well, I think the goal is to inspire over a billion people, and now I'm thinking that's getting too limiting, but that's okay. I'll, I'll start with that, uh, and we'll we'll inspire a billion people but also to live life in all its fullness. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, chasing tomorrow is about living life in all its fullness. Uh, uh, we've got so many things that we can be um, not only grateful for, but uh, help others. So for me, uh, tomorrow is just to make it, make it better than it was yesterday, knowing that for sure uh, I can, you know, I can do that. I can experience it. And um, I'm starting a new a new program. It's going to be called the seven perfections. And uh, one of them, Joe, you, you nailed is patience. That is one of the perfections that actually works to endurance. So uh, you, you'll see that soon. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just, let's just help the world. 
let's change the world. Yeah, well, out of your, you know, the billion, you know, your your goal of a billion, you you've you've inspired and you know extremely positively influenced so many uh, of the listeners today watching this uh, and listening to this podcast, and and you got two of your biggest fans here, Joe and myself. Yeah, and uh, want to thank you so much for your time and 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 really your energy and your spirit today. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. It's uh, it's what I'm grateful for today, John. Thanks so much for being on. We will, we, we're going to have to have you back because you got too much still to share and we want to keep sharing it. So thanks for that and anything we can do. Hey, man, stay close. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, everybody. Glad to be here. All right, Dave, this is getting better every week. A Blue Angel pilot on our show. Think about pulling 4Gs going straight up into the air. Just amazing. Next thing you know, we're going to have an astronaut on here. <laughs> but seriously, I love John's glad to be here mantra. Starting our day with gratitude is just a great piece of advice. And you can see how that kind of start would get you off on such a good note. I don't know about you, but I'm going to start that practice tomorrow. And I'll report back next week how it's going. Well, there you have it. And that's a wrap for this week. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Performance Tea. You can find them on www.performancetea.com. And they've given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20 to get the discount. And if you have a topic or a guest you'd like to see on the show, email us your ideas to info at chasingtomorrowpodcast.com. And a huge thanks to our listeners for coming with us on this journey and chasing tomorrow with us. Thanks very much.